it is difficult to watch our neighbors to the south descend into violent anarchy. Do you know that the United States has many, many more guns than citizens? About 400 million firearms. That's according to a survey in 2018 compared to 331 million people. And right now police are reviewing an Instagram account that appears to belong to the 18-year-old who killed those 19 children and two teachers in Texas. The account has been removed, but reports are saying that on the same day that this 18-year-old bought a second rifle. There was a post of two AR-style semi-automatic rifles on his Instagram feed. And going over that kind of information and looking at that kind of information is problematic and it is part of the conversation we need to have, not only in the United States, but also here in Canada, where we have seen copycat killers. The van attack in Toronto, for example. Dr. Ron Avi Astor is a professor of social welfare at UCLA's Luskin School of Public Affairs and an expert in school shootings. Dr. Astor, welcome to the program. Thank you. You can't be surprised by what has happened in Texas. No, uh, we're not surprised that we're sad and we're just uh, like the rest of the country in deep mourning and probably the rest of the world right now who have seen this. But uh, we were worried about mass shootings uh, increasing and getting more intense during the pandemic. And we talked about the need, uh, many experts around the world, to prepare uh, for the aftermath uh, when people started getting together. And unfortunately, not just with this particular school, but with the whole series of shootings that are happening here, I'm, I'm afraid we're in the midst of the tsunami of of, of shootings that we uh, were afraid that we would have. Ron, how, how is the pandemic play into it? Um, I, I think there was a combination of different factors that happened during the pandemic, the, the isolation, a lot of time to think and plan and to be alone. But those who had uh, kind of uh, the issues that we see in the shooters, an obsession with firearms, uh, uh, kind of a propensity towards conspiracy theories, uh, suicidal behavior and homicidal behavior, uh, the need to be known uh, when they take themselves out to take other bees out and, and make sure the media covers them. Those things intensified during the pandemic. And uh, my, my biggest concern is some of the conspiracy theories that were once on the fringes of the internet uh, are now uh, very common in large swaths of our population that kind of reinforce the idea that you could commit an act of terrorism like this, get your name in the media and kind of live on forever and terrorize the entire country. And I think that's what these are. These are terrorist acts. So the pandemic just expanded the pool of uh, those who were, may have thought about it. Uh, it gave them time to look at these conspiracy theories and other shooters in the past that have uh, done these and to think and to plan. And now that we're together again um, and face-to-face -face in, in schools and businesses, my fear is unless we address kind of the multiplicity of these kinds of variables and not just either mental health versus guns, you know, the usual kind of uh, this versus that, we won't really solve this problem. Uh, we, we, we need to uh, be open that this is a very familiar pattern that we've seen uh, with the perpetrators and with situations where there's multiple failures in the family, in the community, 
with peers at the school level, law enforcement, where people are not able to recognize these um, kind of different variables that I just mentioned. It's not just guns. It's an obsession with guns. It's having an arsenal with guns. It's worshiping all the prior shooters. Those kinds of things we need to start recognizing because then we can build policy and practices at the local level because most of these shooters, again, uh, during the pandemic, they tell people, people know. uh, And if we can't tap into that and people don't know what that means, we won't be able to prevent them. I'm thinking about the the supermarket shooting um, in Buffalo and this most recent shooting. Should the media do something different? Obviously, we know that in Buffalo there was a manifesto and there's been some discussion around the conspiracy theory that provoked that shooting. And there's going to be a deep dive into uh, this person in, in Texas as well. I mean, how do we balance you know, reporting and transparency and information, free flow of information with not uh, glorifying or prompting a a future shooter to say, well, I want to do that too. Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I think the first step is to recognize that this is first and foremost a terrorist act. uh, And it's not just a mass shooter and it's a mass murder. It's a terrorist act of innocent people that the person may or may not have known really well for the purpose of shocking the entire world uh, and making people afraid. I think that's really important for the media to understand that that's the goal. Secondly, when somebody's leaving a manifesto or sending stuff to media outlets, you know that their goal is to become known forever. I'm going to commit suicide, but rather than me doing it alone, I'm going to take out a lot of other people and have the media have me live on forever. So I think your question is a good one. I think without that realization, though, we again frame it as a mental health or as a gun issue or as other issues. It's a terrorist act. And I think what they both have in common is the media's, if you ask about the media, what they could do differently, they could follow the guidelines that I think many media outlets around the world have adopted and follow around suicide reporting or around terrorist reporting. If you think about it as a terrorist act, the terrorists want their message out. They want their story to, they don't care how many people they kill or whatever, they, they will kill innocents to get that story out. So you play into their hands and do everything they want, you're going to get more terrorist acts. That's what the data shows. Uh, so part of the frequency and part of the copycatting that's going on is the. I'm just telling you this morning alone, I have more than 50 requests from all around the world from different media outlets. Uh, so the hunger for knowing about the perpetrator is so strong that I believe it's fueling uh, that group that's sitting during the pandemic and suicidal and um, obsessed to all the things I mentioned earlier. Now, if they have a way to go out and uh, it fits into some ideology like the Buffalo uh, shooter or like the uh, shooter uh, here, we'll find out more about what happened in Texas. uh, It's not just a suicide that you would never hear about. They live on forever in their minds. The media has to understand that and change their behaviors so that it's more like the terrorism and suicide guidelines that they had in prior years. And I think we'll see a massive reduction of these shootings if that happens. It's not the only thing that needs to happen, but if we want to reduce the frequency and the copycats, it's a major thing that needs to happen. Ron, I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Dr. Ron Avi Astor is a professor of social welfare and expert in school shootings at UCLA's Luskin School of Public Affairs. Have you thought about it in those terms? 
Much of the discussion right now, as it often is in the immediate wake of one of these shootings, is about gun control. And obviously you cannot talk about what has happened in Texas without discussing the fact that an 18-year-old was able to buy an AR-15. But there is more to it than that. There is what we do, how we disseminate the information, how we are all so interested right now. When did he buy it? What did he put online? Who is he? How did he do it? And all of that seems to feed in to the next shooter. We see it time and time again. 